The High Red Marketer podcast is sponsored by the Zemi app, enabling colleges and universities to engage interested students before they even apply. You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name is Troy Singer, and I'm here with my co-host, Bart Kaler. And today, we're speaking with Christian DiGregorio. He is the Director of International Recruitment at York College of Pennsylvania. I believe we discovered Christian because of a paper he wrote, and that caught the interest of Bart. And as we started communicating with him, it became very apparent that he is someone that could come onto the podcast and exude a lot of knowledge about his success in recruiting international students. Yeah, I really, really like Christian. I th- he's, it's such a great episode that we're getting ready to talk about. But the thing I really like about Christian is that he, he kind of takes what's kind of a traditional way of doing recruiting, but he adapts it for the audience that he's recruiting to. And even though he's talking a lot about international students and international recruiting, this is a great episode just to kind of think about how can I apply non-traditional ways to more of my traditional recruiting aspects, and, and especially in marketing. So really take a take a listen to that. He is quite, I really like how he articulate he is. He's quite articulate, as well as the fact that he does represent a smaller school, a small, smaller liberal arts college. And I know a lot of the audience that listens to the higher ed marketer comes from those smaller institutions or from specific colleges and larger institutions. And so there's some really good information on this podcast. Here's our conversation with Christian. Please help me welcome Christian DiGregorio, Director of International Recruitment at York College of Pennsylvania to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. And Christian, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise around the recruitment of international students. But before we get into the conversation, if you would, let our listeners know a little bit about York College and your role at York. Sure. It's a, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. I've been in enrollment management for about 22 years. 18 years was at a, a small university in Northeastern Pennsylvania, and that's where I kind of really fell in love with international admissions. I was senior director of admissions at the time, and I'm you know, at that point, you know, I'm doing budgeting and enrollment planning and communicating with trustees and administration. And I had started the International Recruitment Strategic Programs there of how to do recruitment. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we were really focused on government scholarship students, uh, Saudi Arabian students. But I also had a large contingent of students from northern Iraq, uh, that Kurdish region. We had about 20 or 30 Mm -hmm. students there. After those programs uh, decreased, we decided to kind of switch gears. and We were going to focus on educational agents or consultants as some people call them. Did that for a while, rebounded nicely, but I always kind of had this pull of international admission. That's where I wanted to spend most of my time. And after a brief stint at another university, uh, York was looking for someone to kind of broaden their international student population, institute some new initiatives. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing now, I'm, you know, getting that applicant funnel and kind of maneuvering some things at the top of that funnel putting in some new application procedures and policies, hiring educational consultants, 
doing, uh, you know, conferencing, representing York at different high schools and so forth, and just really increasing the population, exploring markets that they've not explored before. Thank you. And would like to jump into the conversation around the current state and if there is a difference or an increase as we talk about marketing to international students post-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So we have seen an increase. Uh, I've been reading a lot of articles where people have seen the increases uh, around the United States and in other parts of the world. I think now with COVID starting to subside, we hope it, it permanently does, uh, that we've seen increases. So I started at York, it was in March 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic. Our applications since then have more than tripled, as well as the admitted students. That's great. And, and tell me a little bit about how you're going about that recruiting. I mean, certainly you're not traveling during pandemic, and so that didn't happen. They're not traveling to mm -hmm. Pennsylvania during the pandemic. So what type of uh, tools are you using for your international recruitment? Well, we're doing a lot of different things, but what, what we've seen a lot of success on is messaging apps, things like WhatsApp and, and Telegram and Zalo and some of the other ones. WeChat uh, have all been extremely helpful to getting those students and leveraging our strengths. That's great. And help our audience understand that because I think a lot of our audience probably understands social media apps. Mm -hmm. So we might be familiar with, you know, Facebook Messenger or might be familiar with Snap or things like that. But some of what you're talking about, I think are a lot more prevalent in in the uh, international scene. I've heard a lot more mentions of Telegram lately with yeah. you know, Russian, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so just tell us, tell the audience a little bit about what these apps are and, and how they work. So messaging apps are a way for students can, to communicate to each other. So and actually I have a great story about Telegram. The last trip that I had done was in Uzbekistan, it was in Central Asia. And I'm doing a college fair through Education USA. And if you're not familiar with Education USA, they work predominantly with helping students get to the United States and study. So we was doing a fair with that and I'm in the capital of Tashkent and my table was a little slow at that point. And there's some students over in the corner and they're all standing together, but their heads are down looking at their phones and their thumbs are just going wildly. <laughs> and after a few minutes, they then approach my table. They're still looking at their phones but they're also talking with me and I start hearing the word telegram. After they left, I grabbed the uh, fair organizers and I said, you know, what's, what's telegram? Tell me a little bit more about that. And they said, well, telegram is a messaging app and everybody uses it here. And the light bulb went off in my head. I said, okay. And I went back up to my hotel room after the event and I'm downloading, uh, you know, telegram, making a profile, uploading my profile picture. And then the next day, new city for location of the fair. And the students are coming to me. And I'm saying, you know, and if you have any other questions later, I'd be happy to talk to you. Just send me a message on Telegram. <laughs> you on Telegram? <laughs> yes, of course. You know, like I'm just this savvy international recruiter. You know, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. But it was amazing how many messages I got that day. And then once I got back to campus, just from that, and then I started to have the students teach me different features about the apps. So this is a way for students to really get in touch with you a little more formal. They can digest information at their own pace and your own pace. There's desktop versions, so you can send links. You can do all different, you could send documents, do all different kinds of things. So it's better than 
it's a little more fluid than email and replicates a, a conversation a little bit better uh, than email. And I guess it's a little bit more of a uh, international standard than texting. I mean, texting gets really kind of crazy with fees and things like that. And I'm sure that international students won't even, you know, answer a text or won't even give you their phone number so you could text. When we get a an application, you know, of course the option is there. It's intended for for domestic students, but saying, you know, do you consent on being texted? And most of the time, the international students mm. will say, "Please yep, do not." That makes sense. Me. Very good. That's that's a fascinating way to kind of uh, keep that keep that going. And I really like I really like how that works mm -hmm. out. So um, perfect. In my correspondence with you going back and forth, I've seen not only do you have Telegraph as a button that they can utilize in your signature, but there are a couple of other messaging apps. And I understand mm -hmm. depending on the region or the country that you're communicating with will determine which app is best to yeah. use. Can you elaborate? Right. So most of my students will communicate with me through WhatsApp. That one is, is the, the catch-all. That one's, you know, anybody can use that one. But there's some that are more regional. So Telegram is most popular in Central Asia and some areas in the Pacific, uh, Pacific Asia. Line would be most popular in places like Japan, Taiwan, and Thailand. Then there's country-specific ones. So if it's Vietnam, you would be using Zalo. It's China, it's WeChat. Everybody, you know, knows WeChat. That tends to be the more, more popular one. And then if you're doing some work in South Korea, you're using KK Talk, and, and there's more, more messaging apps that, that go out there. So what you want to do is you want to match your target with the app that you're going to be using, knowing that some of these apps are a little fluid. So I've gotten messages online uh, where the student was from Honduras. You know, it, it happens. So things are, there's no borders. Things are, things are a little bit more fluid. And it's not just the students that I'll be communicating with. I've communicated with parents. I communicate with guidance officers uh, through, this, through these messaging apps. And again, you're doing a bulk of your communication through these apps versus email mm -hmm. or text. Correct. Email will still always be there, but for those really in-depth conversations or even some of the short ones like, hey, I still need your letter of recommendation or I need your English proficiency exam they'll respond and sometimes they'll even send a document to us through the app. That's fascinating. That's great. Christian, if you would, outside of the apps, what are some of the other ways that you execute market entry or maybe some things that we traditionally would think online? Um, how are you doing that? So we're doing a lot with virtual visits. That could be set up on, on your own. I've done that where I'm reaching out to guidance counselors. Sometimes it's through uh, third party Sometimes third parties will offer you a package to reach out to schools, you know, and so that does come, come with a cost. I tend to do it just directly reaching out. Uh, I partner with Education USA, and I will do, uh, do different presentations with them. Presentations tend to be more neutral topics, so they're not you know, pro-York, uh, but they're more a little bit about, you know, what's it like to study in the United States? What's classroom culture like? How do you search for schools? You know, tell us about the ranking system and how it works. I've even run college essay workshops uh, virtually. So that's going very well. Uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce or the International Trade Commission has helped out with that. There's been certain fairs that we've done. Uh, there is typical, um, you know, email you can do. 
And there's third-party lead generators. And third-party lead generators tend to help out a lot with these messaging apps when you're reaching out to students because you can get their, their phone number as opposed to, to buying names. You know, when you, when you buy names, think about it, you know, think of all the schools who are buying names. And then what happens? We get them, we dump them into our CRM, and then the email onslaught begins. And how do you stand out? And that, that's really hard. And you do really need to, to kind of lead with your strengths. When we're here at York, kind of took inventory of what our strengths are going to be. Looking around, academically, we have a broad variety of academic programs that we offer. What makes us a little more unique, and I think you talked about this in your last podcast, where you're leading with your strengths. We have a fantastic engineering program that's ABET accredited along with computer science, but our engineering programs have paid co-ops. Uh, so they get three paid co-ops, and um, we're finding that most of our students, about half the time, they get hired from wherever they're doing the co-op and they get reduced tuition during their engineering co-ops. So the tuition for the semester is about $2,300 and they're getting paid. So, so they're coming back to us when you're leading with a strength like that, they're going, okay, well, that's really cool. What else do you have to tell me about? And then that opens up the doors for other academic programs. So actually you would think that most of our applicants are engineering. No, they're mostly biology and business and some other smaller areas, but that door opens up. The other thing that, that it leads to is, you know, one of our strengths is yes, we're a small private liberal arts institution, but we don't have the sticker tag that other schools who are in our position, our classification would have. Tuition is just over a hair over 23,000 and there are scholarships available. So when you go in with your strengths and you're going into a market like that and you're leading with this, this really opens up the door and peaks up some curiosity. People will tend to stick around a little bit. That's great. I, I really like some of that because there are a couple of things you said in there. I mean, leading with your strengths obviously is so important. And as you said, we've talked about that many times on other episodes, but even just, I liked what you talked about just a couple minutes ago about a lot of the students start asking questions, whether they're webinars or other things where what's it like to, you know, study in the United States? What's the, what are the rankings all about? Those, those are a couple of things you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And one of my big beliefs is that the more that we can provide content that has to do with answering the questions students have, the more likely we're going to show up in the search results that they're searching for, because I mean, they're using Google as much as they're using you know, WhatsApp and other, other messaging apps. And so being able to stand apart, I think, are some of those things. Are you finding some of that true that, you know, you're cre creating those relationships the more that you are focusing on the student as the hero as opposed to York College as the hero sometimes? We do get a good response. And to your point about, about you know, searching through Google, I'm a big user of Google Analytics. Uh, before someone applies, they're going to visit your website. They're going to check out your academic programs, uh, they're going to look at your tuition and your scholarships. So when you're doing market entry, I'm really looking at which countries are moving into that, that top 10 in terms of hits or in terms of other metrics. And what pages are they going to? You know, if, it, if you're finding that people are going to the hours of operation for your library and are there for one second, it's probably a bot or it's not a legitimate hit. But when they're looking for your academic programs and so forth, okay, now, now we've got something. Now we can get the ball rolling a little bit 
I think when you're presenting on these topics that are a little more neutral, and you do get an opportunity to talk about York a little bit, you find that people are, are looking at you as the authority in that subject matter. Uh, they're more apt to ask you questions. They see the face, they hear you talk, they look at the content and they say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm gonna maybe give this person a chance or give this school a chance. And they wind up telling friends. And a lot of these presentations are then, um, you know, can be streamed online. So I've done a lot on Facebook Live where people can view it later on and then, and then connect with me later. That's great. Now, I know in our pre-interview, we talked a little bit about some different stories. And I think that you had a student who was in Vietnam. Tell us a little bit about that and how that played out. Yeah, I had a great student that we have been talking through email for a while. And we started chatting through Zalo. Uh, which was, you know, predominantly popular in, in Vietnam and specific to her. And, and what was different was, you know, first she was very apprehensive. So when you're going in using these messaging apps, you want to identify yourself, who you are, and why you're contacting them. That, that's something you definitely want to do. But she knew York and she knew my name from previous emails. And she, so she first asked the question, you know, is this the real York? And I said, I said, yes, it's me. It's Christian. She goes, oh, okay. But she had talked about, she had previously attended school at uh, high school in, I believe it was in Ohio. She had done her, her year 10 there. And now she was back in Vietnam for year 11 and will be there for year 12. And, and I kind of slowed her down a little bit. And I said, what's, you know, tell me about what that experience was like. And what are the differences between going to school in Vietnam as opposed to the United States. It was very interesting and she talked about how the differences in curriculum, how much pressure there was in, in Vietnam compared to the United States for students to perform well academically. And that, that kind of really stuck out to me and, and we had a, probably talked for about 30 or 40 minutes. You know, if that's an email, conversation doesn't take place. And a lot of times we get really wrapped up in saying how great we are. And, and we all have those strengths and we want to lead with that. And we often forget to ask, you know, how are you? Tell me more. Kids have been through a lot these past couple of years. Um, I mean, even domestically, you have kids who are, you know, those class trips are gone, proms gone, all these different opportunities are gone, sports canceled, gone. Those students are going through the same thing and they're trying to make a decision on higher education. This is really new for them. This is a completely different culture different education system, and they're trying to adjust. And the messaging apps, and the conversations I've had through the messaging apps has allowed me to kind of build a better relationship with the students and be able to share more information and get more information from them. That's great. And I know that earlier in the conversation, we were talking a little bit about the idea that, you know, buying names, you know, that's, that's a kind of a popular way for traditional undergrad is, you know, hey, let's buy names from all the test, uh, test groups, you know, SAT, ACT, those types of things, and then kind of put it in, set it and forget it. I think that's, you know, right. that, that's, a, and it's hard to stand apart. And a lot of times I think that that then kind of leads into the comm flow, the admissions comm flow that, okay, we've got an application. Now we need to do some comm flow to kind of get them to the next phase of the funnel and, and the whole thing. 
How is it different with international students and what some people might recognize as traditional undergrad? Because, I mean, some schools are recognizing that to grow, they need to start looking more internationally. They need mm-hmm. to start looking a little bit more creatively in, in growing enrollment. Right. Tell us a little bit about how Comflow specifically is different. So the Comflow is going to be different. Well, first, this is going to work best within bound leads. So if you're purchasing a name, the, the phone number most likely is not going to come down. This is best for people who are gonna, gonna raise their hands and say, yes, yes, I'm, I'm interested. Right. One of the things that we need to keep in mind with international enrollment is we're used to a certain academic calendar. You know, we're, you know, August to September to usually May or June. Different curriculums in different parts of the world are gonna go on completely different calendars. So if you're in South America, let's say Paraguay, your academic calendar is going to run from February or March to what we would call Thanksgiving, you know, that November or December. So your comp flow is now very, very different. Mm. So if now if you start, you know, trying to nurture leads in October or September, you're late for that group. They're getting ready to graduate. You now have getting to getting ready to move go that. on summer break because yeah. summer is in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that's that's very, very, very different. There's other things you have to think about in terms of vocabulary. Although we may be speaking the same language, there's things that are a little bit different. So, Southeast Asia, for example, they'll use the term, you know, course. Please tell me about your computer science course. And you're on the other side thinking. Why is this person asking me about a specific class? We have lots of computer science courses. What they really mean is major. Mm. And when you're talking with a student, they might be saying, you know, I understand what you're saying. I have a doubt. You think I, some, you, your initial reaction is to take that personally. I have a doubt. What they mean is I have a question. Oh. <laughs> so you have these different vocabularies that are inter- interchangeable and you're trying to kind of nail this down. So, so that's different. So those are some of the ways where it's, it's a little bit different. You know, I would also say that students, they do want to hear about alumni and recent alumni. They want to hear about tuition and scholarships. All students want to do that, but not all scholarships are available to international students. So they want to hear a little bit more about the scholarship opportunities for them. And they do want to hear about curriculum. When, when I'm talking with students, you're going to be taking these classes or these you know, subjects, if you're from Southeast Asia, we use the term subjects, we'll, right. we'll be doing that. And they want to hear from other students on campus, current students. So I'll be doing, I'll be doing that as well. That's great. I, I really appreciate just understanding those, those subtleties because mm-hmm. I think that, like you said earlier, I think the apps start to build trust in the relationship. Right. And I think that once you start to adapt your language to their language, just like you adapt your preference of your app to their preference, I think that's just human nature that we're going to build trust and we're going to build relationships Mm -hmm. that way. That's great. We talk a lot about it on the show. Schools are really struggling today to make the same ad spend work. CPMs are up 89% year over year on Facebook and Instagram. Our college clients are no longer looking for rented audiences. They are looking for an own community where they can engage students even before they apply. This is why Zemi has become so crucial for our clients. With over 1 million students, close to 10,000 five-star ratings, consistently ranked as one of the top social apps, 
and recently one of Apple's hot apps of the week, there simply isn't anything out there like it, and we have seen it all. Zimi not only provides the best space for student engagement, but the most unique and actionable data for their 160 college and university partners. We know firsthand from our clients that Zimi is a must-have strategy for Gen Z. Check them out now at colleges.zimi.com. That's colleges.zeemee.com. And yes, tell them Bart and Troy sent you. Christian, as a smaller liberal arts college, how do you compete with some of the larger schools that have the presence, that have the budget, when you are marketing to international students? Mm -hmm. So we, we, understand, we understand where we are in the marketplace. We, we know our position. We are not an Ivy League school. We are not what many people call a, a tier one institution. And we're not trying to compete with, with the Ivies and so forth. Knowing your position and who you are is very important. So I have students now where they have really, you know, consciously reached out to schools with our profile. You know, they, they, they're going to get lost at a larger school. They don't feel, feel comfortable. And I have a student now that was admitted and I met with their parents over Zoom. And it, it was clear from those communications and the communication with the guidance counselor and the student that they were looking for a small institution. When someone who they were going to be able to look after them and nurture them a little bit, or they were going to get lost. I've had other students say, you know, I've never studied at a, at a large school. I prefer a smaller school in a smaller city, or I have different health issues. It's very important that I, you're very flexible with me. And when we can do that, and we can be very flexible. So we're not always competing with the same student, but we kind of know our place and the guidance staff and the students tend to know our place as well and how we can assist them with their higher education needs. I think that's great. And I think it kind of goes into the whole idea of ultimately customer service. I mean, you just talked about how all right. that kind of flows in and, and being a smaller school, you, I often tell a lot of my clients, you know, they, they, they sometimes bemoan about, well, we're so small, but you can do things so differently. You can, you can really do the personal touch that, you know, a large, a large tier one or an Ivy, Ivy League cannot do because just of the sheer volume. So tell us a little bit about the philosophy that York has with kind of that customer service approach. All right. So now that we've leveraged our strengths, we, we feel we're at a good price point. When you're going into a new market, you, we kind of had this discussion and I kind of wanted to push, you know, who are we going to be? What will be our, our personality, so to speak? And one of those was, was customer service. We want to provide accessibility to information and accessibility to me. I've had students reach out to me through, through WhatsApp. One question, I have one uh, particular student in mind who just flat out said to me, you have no idea how difficult it is to get in touch with someone in, in mm -hmm. an admissions office. And then, and, you know, there I am. And then when you're doing this, it's, you're not on all the time. WhatsApp does provide an out of office. I am present from this time to this time. And if I'm not available, you know, please you can convert your time zone here. And it's a quick little statement to do that. But to be able to say, hey, I need that, that English proficiency exam, or I need that transcript, they can send it through the messaging apps. And then I can verify that. You know, if, it, if it's an English proficiency exam, let's say such as an IELTS, I can verify that online. Some transcripts now, there's a QR code. 
I can get my code. I can, I can get my phone. I can scan that with my camera and then I can go on the Ministry of Education's website and then I can see, okay, check the box. I now have your transcript. That's amazing. And that's all I needed to, to complete it. So, so those types of things go a long way. They see the speed at which the application can be processed and that you can leverage. Yeah, that sounds like it. And, I, and I'm guessing that not only does that work through the application process, but even through retention and on campus, I'm sure that those relationships mm -hmm. continue. I mean, obviously you've built a relationship with them. You know, some schools, it's kind of like the counselor does a, you know, does a handoff to the, to the student life and then, you know, no more do they get con mm -hmm. connected. But it sounds like York might have, have a different philosophy on that as well. Right. So the conversations still continue. What you do need to do is, uh, is you know, the phone number is going to be changed most likely. Uh, the student's going to get a new SIM card. They're going to get a new WhatsApp account or whatever account it is. And they're, they're going to do that. But once you match up with them again, you, know, you can have conversations and I'll you know, reach out. Hey, do you need help? How's that class going? How's your semester going? Did you get that, you know, that dining plan that you wanted? Or did you get that room that you wanted? Or are you still looking for a job? I need somebody to help out. Because I'll use current students to then reach out to prospective students. That's great. And they can talk about the experience they had during the application process. And then saying, you know, you're going to get taken care of here. You know, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. Someone's going to look after you. Aside from the other right. things that we do. It kind of helps with, with retention. But that's, that's certainly helpful, the student coming in, knowing that they've been taken care of, and that continues to happen once they're here at York. Especially in a place where they're, we all can relate to being kind of the odd person out in the sense, and, and I can only mm -hmm. imagine, you know, traveling halfway around the world, you know, coming into a, a small Pennsylvania town and, you know, setting setting down and creating a new life. That there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stress and a lot of fear with that, even even for the most savvy right. students. Christian, we like to end our episodes by asking our guests if there is a thought or a tip that they could share that would be impactful to our listeners soon thereafter. So, do you have any thoughts you can share before we wind up our episode? Sure. You know, messaging apps are completely free. It's no cost. Many institutions will give their admission reps a cell phone and a cell plan. If you can't do that now, you know, can, can you get that and request it in your budget? It's almost budget time, July 1st, coming around. But this is a really low cost initiative that can, that can pay off. And the other argument that I get back is I don't have the time to do that. See if you can mobilize your current students. I have that happening right now. I have my current students reaching out to recently admitted students who are going to be making their final decisions soon. They can give a perspective that I can't. They're the ones taking the classes. They're the ones eating in the dining halls, living, you know, living in the residence halls, participating in the clubs and organizations, doing all these different things, playing sports. They can speak to that much better than, than I can. So to have those conversations happen, if you don't have the time, are, are very valuable as well. Thank you very much, Christian. And I will say through our conversations we've had with you, we can see the big improvement from when you didn't know what Telegram was <laughs> until being the resource that you are now. And being that knowledgeable resource, what would be the best way for someone to contact you if they would like to do so? You can do it through email. And my name's a little long, so I'll go through and spell it. It's the letter C. <laughs> D-I-G-R-E-G-O-R-I-O 
at ycp.edu. The domain is a lot easier than, than the first part. And if you want to get in touch with me, I will give my WhatsApp at plus one seven one seven three zero nine nine one zero eight. Thank you, Christian. You've shared a lot and would like to know if there's any upcoming events that you have that you would like to share. You know, we do have some uh, virtual open houses that'll happen in the fall. Uh, one of the nice big things that we got through market entry is I'll be giving a plenary session at a uh, country's Guidance Counseling Association annual conference. So having that as part of your market entry, I think that's a, that's a pretty good success. So I'm very excited about that. That'll occur in mid-May. Thank you very much for being a guest and we wish you the best of luck, Christian. Thank you so much. Bart, do you have any final thoughts or words you would like to share? Yeah, I just want to point out a few things uh, that, that I kind of been taking away from this conversation that I, that I think applies to just about everyone. I know some people might be listening and saying, well, we don't do a lot of international uh, admissions, and so I'm not sure how much applies. But a couple things I want you to take away from this is one, Christian is one that I think has been very open and willing to try new things. I know that right now, a lot of uh, enrollment leaders listen to this podcast, a lot of marketers listen to this podcast, and you work with a lot of... A lot of people who might not want to change the way things have been done. And uh, even the way things were done four years ago, two years ago, things continue to evolve. And I really like the fact that Christian leaned into and asked what is Telegram and, and leaned into that and has really kind of created a whole new way of, of, of uh, recruiting through these messaging apps. And so I would encourage you as marketers, as in leaders to really kind of look at what are ways that we can lean into a new technology, new methods or means of doing things. I've been working with a school lately of really encouraging video emails. You know, as Christian stated, you know, standing out from the crowd, what a better way than to send a personalized video in, in an email uh, or a text. And I'm thinking more stateside for, you know, some of the traditional undergrad is that, you know, I have a lot of schools complain that, hey, students aren't picking up their phone. They're not answering our calls. They're not you know, responding to our, you know, there's no voicemail, the, the voicemail box is full. What do we do? Well, I think that we've got to start looking at these other other ways and texting is, is kind of the stateside equivalent of these messaging apps. And I think that, I think utilizing that technology, utilizing video emails is so important. And I think also one thing that you might've heard from Christian is that he is building relationships. And so if you're relying on this automated platform of even automated emails or automated texting, You've got to change that up and you've got to really start looking at it as a relationship build and how can you get personal and how can you grow that. So again, Christian, thanks so much for taking time today and really appreciate your time on the, on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of higher ed solutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thanks again for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.